0: guys and gals, I am excited for episode number 70 of Monster Kid Radio, the podcast devoted to the classic and sometimes not so classic genre cinema of yesteryear. I am your very excited host, Derek M. Cook, and I'm excited for a number of different reasons. One, we are opening the show with the song "The Sea Scorpion from the band Insect Surfers. It appears on their album Infragreen. You can find out more about the Insect Surfers at their website, insectsurfers.com, or follow the link in the show notes over at monsterkidradio.net. Thank you to the Insect Surfers for agreeing to be part of the show this week. I love this song. You're going to hear it in its entirety at the end of the show. I'm also excited because we have part two of our chat with Frank Dietz about the upcoming documentary Long Live the King The Legacy of Kong. This is the new documentary from Benevolent Monster Productions. It's currently undergoing a crowdfunding campaign right now over at CapyPal. There will be a link in the show notes to get to that as well. Listen to the interview with Frank, listen to what he's got in mind, and then decide how much you're going to want to pledge to this thing. I'm sure it's going to be awesome. In the first part of our chat, you heard about Beast Wishes, which is another phenomenal Documentary about Bob and Kathy Burns. If he brings just a tiny bit of the fun and enthusiasm and love that he brought to that documentary to this one, man, we're in for a treat. I cannot wait. So I'm excited about that. I'm also excited because we got some feedback we're going to go over, and we did it. We have now hit over 35 reviews in the iTunes store. Now, I told everybody that we are in the middle of a 50 review challenge. Once we hit 35 reviews, I was going to announce what the new show is going to be, and I'm going to get to that at the end of the show. So stay tuned for that. I mentioned it a couple of times. Our website is monsterkidradio.net. From there, you can find our YouTube page, our Flickr album, our live 365 channel, as well as all of our contact information. Our voicemail line is 503-4795-MKR. That's 503 Or you can shoot us an email at monsterkidradio at gmail.com. Feedback is one of my favorite parts of podcasting, so I'm excited to hear from anybody who has any thoughts about anything we've talked about here on the show in the past. And like I said, we've got some feedback, which we'll be getting to here in a little bit on this episode of Monster Kid Radio. There's also a Facebook page and a Facebook group on the page. You can give us a like in the group. You can join discussions or start any of your own with other Monster Kid Radio listeners. Right now, we are 160 members strong, and if you want to join the group, get over there put in the request, I'll answer it typically within a day and start chatting it up between episodes with other listeners of MKR. I'm having a hard time keeping it together, so I want to get on to part 2 of our discussion with Frank Deets about Long Live the King, the Legacy of Kong right after this. White Zombie, a new novelization of the classic horror movie from award-winning author Stephen
1: D Sullivan, available now in print and all ebook formats. Find it on Amazon, Smashwords, drive Through Fiction, and other quality outlets. Also available in a special edition, including the complete movie script. Grab White Zombie before it grabs you. Details
0: at SDSullivan.com. Did you ever
2: hear of Kong?
0: Votara Vey, Have the power of cone.
2: Hi,
1: I'm Frank Dietz.
2: Trish Geiger.
1: And you might remember our film Beast Wishes from last year. We are following it up this year with a film called Long Live the King, which is about the biggest star in all of Hollywood. Ask him if his name is King Kong. Kong!
0: King Kong! Kong! King Kong!
2: Am I dreaming?
0: Or did I see a gorilla? And a beautiful dame! Who the hell do you think went through there? Some guy in an ape suit?
1: Now. We all love King Kong. Frankenstein loves King Kong. I mean, basically, you ask any four-year-old, who is King Kong, and they know. The eighth one of the world. (laughs) So we want to explore in Long Live the King, what is it about this character that everyone finds so fascinating?
2: He's this misunderstood character, much like all the great horror characters, including Frankenstein's monster and the wolf man. He's
0: as human as we all are, you know. He just has a few less brain cells. It, it's this cultural,
1: iconic thing in the lives of this civilization that we don't even know exists. So we're going to take you all the way from the Great Wall of Skull Island to the top of the Empire State Building and a little side trip to Japan. Ah, there! Gene Kong! Thanks to some very generous investors early on, we were able to start shooting this project. So we already have some great footage. We have Tom Woodruff Jr. of Amalgamated Dynamics, who actually has reanimated the original King Kong, which is really special stuff. We have sculptor Mike Hill, who is one of the greatest Kong lovers of all time. Will talk about his love for the character and how it inspired him to do what he does. You know, to me, it's the greatest movie of all time, and that's what this movie is about—inspiration. Now, oh, it was one of, of, of many things that led me to want to make movies like this and be involved in movies like this. Hi, I'm William Stout. I think I've seen King Kong about a hundred times. Best movie ever made. It's,
0: it's the coolest movie ever to me.
1: So now, what we need. Is for you to come along with us and join this adventure.
2: It's money and adventure and fame. It's the thrill of a lifetime and a long sea voyage that starts at 6 o'clock tomorrow morning. We're millionaires, boys. I'll share it with all of you.
1: In a few months, it'll be up the lights on Broadway. Come,
0: the eighth wonder of the world!
1: Don't expect this film to be a serious, making of kind of movie. That's been done before. What we're looking at is a fun, very entertaining look at why this character is still in our lives after 80 years. And we really hope you come with us.
2: you just crazy, Skipper? Just enthusiastic. This project, you've got to invest in, you've got to support. This is going to be the ultimate Kong experience.
0: Well, a moment ago you said you're kind of looking forward to... What's next? The new project. And that's really what I want to talk about. We've got a new documentary on the horizons from you celebrating kind of the big monster, the big daddy of them all. (laughs) You know, I, I would even hazard to say that without King Kong, we wouldn't have monster movies in the shape that they are now. Yeah.
1: Long live the king, the legacy of Kong. When we were still sort of out there pushing Beast Wishes and and you know taking it out on the road and so forth, and the question inevitably comes up: Well, what are you gonna what are you gonna follow this up with? And I'm not even sure how it came up. I think we were at a convention and and um, uh, somebody mentioned that it was 80 years since King Kong was made, and I think it was Trish actually who said, "Well, has there ever been a documentary made about?" you know, the influence of King Kong and thought about it and realized not really. I mean, there have been many documentaries about the making of King Kong. The the Blu-ray of King Kong that's out now through, I guess it's Warner, is loaded with little documentaries uh, about how that movie came to be. And so, you know, that's not the movie that we would make. We like making films, at least our documentary division, about you know, movies that uh, about, or people or, or characters in this case that really inspire people to go ahead and, and do what they do. And we realized, especially while doing Beast Wishes and, and while promoting it, just how much this character has influenced so many amazingly creative and talented people since, you know, they were very young. I mean, it's again, it's a it's a it's almost a common denominator for people that watched King Kong when uh you know when they were kids on Thanksgiving morning in my case WOR Channel 9 in in New York Long Island and looked forward to it because back then before the uh age of that we live in now of instant gratification where you can you know go to your iPad and watch a movie anytime you want or you know watch it on your Blu-ray or your DVD or whatever I mean I'm talking about before there was even VHS where a movie like King Kong there was only two ways you could see it uh, either it comes back in a, as a revival at a you know art house theater or you wait for it to come on television and when it did, my god, it was an event that you you looked forward to I, I've talked to many other people that had that shared this experience of of you know gr- gr- waiting for the TV guide to come out and running down to the stationery you know store to buy it and and then taking a pen and circling the movies that were going to be on that next week that you couldn't miss. Because if you did miss them, it might be a year or two before they'd be on again. King Kong was definitely one of those films, and and, and it was a, a film that you knew at least you were going to see once a year, because it, it always showed with Mighty Joe Young and March of the Wooden Soldiers on, on Thanksgiving Day. <laughs> It's <laughs> more exciting than, than anything else that would be on Thanksgiving Day, including the meal, you know. So, so it became very obvious that this character, who, by the way, is remarkable in this aspect. I mean, most of the other monsters from that time period, especially, all came from literature. Dracula, Frankenstein, The Invisible Man, Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. You know, these were all characters that were brought from literature, from, from novels, uh, King Kong was a character created specifically to be a movie by Marion Cooper. And, you know, the fact that he is as, as if not more iconic than any of the, than those other characters is, is quite a testament to how amazing a character it is.
0: That's something I hadn't considered, but you're right. It was created for the screen first and then kind of disseminated into pop culture from there, whereas these other ones came from film – I'm sorry, from stage, the novels, things like that. That's a, something I hadn't really considered.
1: And, and the other amazing thing is if you really consider the year that the movie was made, it came out in 1933. It was made in the you know year before, year and a half before, however long it took. But 1933, movies were not that old. I mean, they'd only been around, you know, if you go back to the Great Train Robbery or whatever, which was 1912 or whatever it was. I'm, I'm not a scholar in that regard. But but, you know, movies had only been around for a very short time and sound movies had only been around for like three years. So for these filmmakers to create this movie and this character, when in fact filmmaking was still only a toddler, is really remarkable and that the film holds up as one of the greatest films of all time to this day is spectacular. I try to imagine being in an audience in 1933 and seeing this movie that blows me away now on a big screen. It's kind of staggering.
0: (laughs) I was fortunate enough to see the movie on the big screen. It was a 35 millimeter print last year at a revival theater here in Portland, and it was the first time I had seen it on the big screen, and I was blown away by the technique. Like you said, film hadn't been around that long. When you think of the classic monster movies, you think Dracula and Frankenstein, and I love them, but they're kind of stagey. You know, the directors may not be comfortable moving the camera around because you got to worry about where the microphone is and all this other stuff. King Kong, the cameras are moving around and zipping around, and I mean, that says nothing, saying nothing of yeah. the stop motion.
1: All the I mean, elements wow. of the film, the stop motion, the epic storytelling the visions the 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 music i mean it king kong the very (laughs) first films to be scored it might even be the first film to be scored from the very beginning of the film to the very end and there, there were obviously movies that utilized music and scores but like that film was scored to picture from beginning to end by Max Steiner, which was, you know, also really new. Like they weren't doing that. And look at Dracula and Frankenstein. They just, I think they just, you know, pop in Swan Lake, uh, you know, at the beginning and the end or whatever. You know, or the.
0: Yeah. I mean, Dracula and the mummy both just had Swan Lake as their score. Yeah. And that was it. I'm a film score collector too. So I definitely appreciate the Max uh, Steiner score and the impact he had. And this film had in terms of film scoring and all that. It's gorgeous music.
1: It's and, and, and it's wonderful. It's beautiful. And, uh, that was the first time that anyone saw King Kong. And then, you know, he just basically, he never went away. And all of us, you know, that now create are, are have, have one way or another been inspired by that character. And I say the character, because I know a lot of people and there are several people that we were, you know, we've already interviewed that, you know, the first King Kong they ever saw was Dino De Laurentiis, 1976 Kong, which, you know, pales in comparison to the 1933 film but still has its own following you know and of course the japanese you know the toho pictures king kong pictures and um, and then you know peter jackson from you know not, not even that long ago so it's pretty remarkable that 82 years later or whatever it is now that that the character still exists and is so prominent in pop culture
0: and I, and I want to talk a little bit about that, but I have to ask your opinion on something regarding King Kong. I think it's something that's been argued over the years. Recently, it turned up in a Film Facts magazine as well. What's your opinion on the giant spider pit sequence or the giant spider animal insect pit well, sequence? Do you, what do you mean? That, Is it real? Did it ever really no, I, exist? I'm
1: sure it did. I'm okay. quite convinced that it did exist. Yeah, the, the photographs. I mean, there are, there are there are set photographs, which you know, I mean, uh, conspiracy theorists can argue. You know, to the right. end of the earth, but um, I, I mean, it seems like it, it logically fits in the in the story, and and you know, we've seen the, we've seen photographs of it that are clearly the same cavern so that the um, sailors fall into, you know, in the, after the log uh, sequence. So um, I, I'm sure it did exist at some point, and I can understand how uh, it would be something that would be cut from the film if, the, if an editor would be looking to cut something i mean that would be something that if you removed it from the movie would not be noticed and the proof is right there it it is removed from the movie and you don't notice it and we'd never even know about it if it wasn't for you know magazines and his, film historians who have who have uh, explored it do i think do we ever really need to see it probably not i don't think there's a lot of things like that too i mean i i, I kind of think that it's a good thing that London After Midnight has never been found, because probably if we did find it, it wouldn't be that good. <laughs>
0: <laughs> There's no way it can hold up to the expectation we all have of it, as much as we want to see it.
1: <laughs> it's better for it to be this mysterious thing that we talk about you know, forever um, <laughs> than, than it be a reality. So,
0: all right, I wanted to get your opinion on that, but you, you mentioned Toho and other people taking on the King Kong legend and mythos. In your video supporting the crowdfunding campaign. You mentioned that you are going to go to Japan in terms of what King Kong did there. And I think I even saw a clip from a cartoon. Yeah, there
1: was a cartoon uh, Rankin Bass did uh, in the 1960s, early 1960s, mid 1960s. And uh, it was a Saturday morning cartoon, terrible animation, uh, very limited animation. Actually funny though. Um, some of the, the character designs were done by Jack Davis of mad magazine. Oh, wow. It's, it's kind of a silly take on the character and and the you know the the mythology of him what's really funny though is when researching it for for Long Live the King i got a hold of of some you know of the episodes and watched them and and the little boy who's friends with King Kong in this cartoon the voice is is the the same well, I think it's a woman actually who did the voice for uh, Rudolph and you know Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer <laughs> Oh. <laughs> just are, you know, watching this thing and hearing Rudolph calling out to King Kong through the whole thing. I mean, it's it's kind of a it's a weird culture shock thing, you know. Wow.
0: Man, if the other reindeer knew that Rudolph was friends with King Kong, that story would have ended it no differently, I think.
1: Bumble whatsoever, right?
0: <laughs> well, and that cartoon kind of influenced the Toho films like King Kong Escapes. And, uh,
1: same producer, actually. Yeah, uh, Rankin. Bass at least did king kong escapes i don't think they did the godzilla film but yeah so you know Rankin bass must have loved king kong because between the cartoon show king kong escapes and you know, mad monster party of course has a king kong character although i think legally they didn't want to call him king kong they just called him
0: it yeah was it or the thing there was like some legal thing they didn't want to mention yeah, but the name
1: clearly it is the character is king kong and even, you know, has the one of the classic elements of any King Kong film, which is at the end, the monster, you know, holding the girl and going up to the top of some high point and swatting off, you know, airplanes or some kind of military or whatever. So they clearly had a fondness for King Kong. <laughs> those guys. I think, by the way, I believe I read that he just passed away like yesterday. Arthur Rankin. Yeah. Oh, I'll to take a little King Kong moment for him, for sure, for lots of great stuff that they did. But, uh, yeah, I mean, there's so much stuff. There's so much stuff. And, and you know, magazines and, and uh, commercials. God, I can't even tell you how many commercials we've found that have King Kong as a character in them. You know, the Energizer Bunny. And just recently, a Twizzlers commercial, which is wonderful. That was an animated Twizzlers commercial that has – and it's the 1933 King Kong, too, which is pretty funny – you know he's all over the place, everywhere. Can't escape King Kong. You
0: know, no, you can't. So your documentary is going to be a feature length, like Beast Wishes, absolutely. I assume.
1: And we have a lot of um, you know awesome people that uh, have a, you know agreed to be in it. Some of it uh, we've already shot a, a, a good uh, part of it. You know we have some cool people. You know Frank Darabont said he'd like to be part of it. Terry Moore, the star of the original Mighty Joe Young said she'd like to be a part of it. Rick Baker, of course, who was who was in the suit in the, the 1976 remake, you know, of course, we'll have to have Bob Burns back, being that he is the owner of the original King Kong, the armature. And our friend Dana Gould, who, you know, is mostly known as a comedian, but is also a huge monster fan. And in fact, Wrote uh when he was the head writer on The Simpsons. Wrote an uh an episode that ha- that is sort of King Kong based. Well, we just there's just it's so many cool people that you know have you know agreed to be a part of this film and and we're we're looking forward to you know getting them in there and and making you know a fun movie. We want to make it a fun movie, just like Beast Wishes, a movie where you laugh when you're watching it and isn't just like well. 1933, Marion Cooper decided to make a film. You know, I mean, like, that's not us. That's not the kind of movie we make. We make movies that, you know, are hopefully enjoyable to watch and it will give you a smile, like Beast Wishes.
0: You've certainly picked a subject matter that's going to make people smile. I mean, I'm smiling <laughs> thinking about it. So I, I think half the battle's already done, you know, won. So.
1: Yeah, you know, I mean, it is a character that in- inspires not just creativity it just inspires smiles you know you, you can't not love kong whatever version of it that you you were first introduced to you know
0: i have a a friend who appears on monster kid radio as a guest every once in a while and one of his favorite movies guilty pleasures is king kong lives <laughs> yeah <laughs> what are your thoughts on i'd have to ask what are your thoughts on king you kong know,
1: lives you it, <laughs> know <laughs> it's I, I mean, it's kind of a it's kind of such a strange film um, because it it's it's a follow up to the De Laurentiis Kong, but but there's the, the only real reference to it is the opening scene. It, it's the only Kong film that I'm aware of that shows that there was more than one Kong. Most Kong films, he is a loner. He is the la- either the last of his kind. You know, Peter Jackson's Kong, there's there's an indication that there might have been other Kongs at one point because there's some old skeletons in his cave of what are obviously uh, other large ape creatures. But King Kong Lives was the only one to actually have another Kong, a female Kong, And the movie is, to me, uh, pretty much as silly as as the Toho films. It's kind of hard to take seriously.
0: (laughs) I don't love it. (laughs) Well, I'm not asking you to defend it. I just wanted to get your thoughts on it. So, uh, yeah. Uh,
1: It's a part (laughs) of the whole mythology, really. And, um, you know, the the whole, like, sort of Spartacus ending is kind of fun to to watch. How many times are they going to kill that poor gorilla anyway? Like.
0: In doing research for the documentary, like what's one of the most surprising things that you've run into? Like either a fan that kind of came out of the woodwork to say they love the movie or a little factoid or something that people might not be aware of? There's
1: a lot. There's quite quite a lot, actually. And I think I already mentioned that, you know, finding out about the, the score, right. you know, one of the first times that that's ever, you know, that was ha- that had happened. But um, we're, we're finding stuff and we're trying to, to really at this point also collate, you know, what's important to put in this film. What kind of facts, uh, surprises, et cetera? I mean, this is all stuff that is a creative process that takes place from the first day of shooting. And when we're shooting these interviews and we're asking these people these questions, we're at the same time trying to think of ahead of how this is all going to cut together because we can't just dump it in the lap of our, you know, wonderful editor and I'll say his name again, Andrew Cash, because he is just one of the most talented editors I've ever encountered. We have to be able to present to him what our focus and what our tone is. We have to make decisions about, like, those little surprising things. How do they fit into our movie? So we're constantly surprised. I'll tell you, here's, this was a big surprise. We met um, this very interesting man named Sultan Saeed al-Darmaki. He is from Abu Dhabi. And he's not an actual sultan, he, that's just his name. He has a company called Dark Dunes Productions, and they're doing a lot of really interesting projects. And we found out that the reason that he is doing what he's doing is because when he was a young boy, that he watched King Kong with his grandfather over there, over the you know United Arab Emirates. And we were blown away by that because we're like, well, I always kind of thought of King Kong as being very american and you know that's that's you know thanksgiving morning and so forth and for, for to discover this this man you know who watched it on clear on the other side of the world and had the, a similar experience was a really nice surprise and we we actually we actually sat uh, sat sat down and, and interviewed him just last week and it was it was crazy it, it was one of the best interviews we've gotten so far getting a very you know unique perspective from not just the, the, <laughs> the kind of people that we have in our little circle. You know, <laughs> So that was really fun.
0: Yeah, it's definitely a worldwide phenomenon. So knowing that you've got kind of like an international view on some things makes me even more excited for the documentary. Do we have a projected timeline yet in terms of completion and release? We
1: are definitely working toward uh, releasing it this year. We uh, originally had hoped to have it done in time for like w- Wonderfest, which is a a, a con- great convention in, in Louisville, Kentucky that um, we go to quite often, and we present. Our films there, but I, I think uh, now we're going to probably have to push that back just a little bit because there are some important interviews that um, we need to acquire. You know, we we still would like to get Guillermo uh, del Toro if he's if he's available, and of course the one that we really need to get and is going to be the most difficult is Peter Jackson. But we have our leads out there, so we feel like you know those kind of interviews um, uh, we need to have for this film. Uh, because it would be almost like a like a, a missing piece of the puzzle without them.
0: Well, I happen to know that Del Toro and Peter Jackson listen to Monster Kid Radio, so guys, just I I, I don't know.
1: <laughs> well, that's fabulous. Uh,
0: <laughs> I've I've met them
1: both. Um, Guillermo, I know a little better than Peter, but we're we're hoping that. You know, that Peter will look at Beast Wishes and, and, and you know, be able to make the time. And I think that's the thing. I think Peter would love to, to be a part of this. But, you know, he, he's a very busy man, <laughs> in case you haven't noticed. No, no. Uh, and that's that's probably our, our biggest hurdle is just being able to, you know, to secure some time with him. Uh, but, you know, but these are important things. And so I'm hoping that we'll we'll have the film in the hands of our editor, by late spring and be able to premiere it, at very least, um, you know, by Halloween time.
0: Excellent. Well, I can't wait, and I think our listeners are going to be excited about it. Your company, Benevolent Monster Productions, has a website. It's benmonsterfilms.com. That's it. And we're going to make sure there are links in the show notes from our website to that. And from there, the listeners can also find a link to the crowdfunding campaign, which is through a company called – and we talked about the pronunciation of this before we started recording – Kappa Pal? Happy Pal. Happy yeah. Pal. A-A-P-I-P-A-L. Again, I'll make it real easy for the listeners. Go to monsterkidradio.net. There will be a link to that as well, or go to benmonsterfilms.com and go that way.
1: You can also go to the um, – we have a Long Live the King Facebook page, oh. which will have links on it as well.
0: Yeah. Perfect. Perfect.
1: Yeah. We, we consider anyone that, that comes in and helps us out um, as a member of our team. Just like Kickstarter, we offer rewards, you know, for people that pledge and, you know, they get to have their name, you know, at, in the credits at the end of the film. And uh, we, we greatly appreciate the help. And, you know, we're, we're, again, blessed that we have the ability to do this, you know, utilizing crowdfunding now and let people become a part of a cool project, which is, which is it's a, it's a two-way street and it's really fun.
0: Well, I wish you the best of luck, Frank, and thank you for taking some time to talk with me on Monster Kid Radio this weekend.
1: Oh, Derek, it's a pleasure, and you, you and you have a new fan. I'm going to be listening every episode now.
0: <laughs> oh, great. <laughs> Again, huge thanks to Frank for taking some time out of his day to chat with us here on Monster Kid Radio about the upcoming documentary. I cannot wait. Get over to capypal.com. Do a search for Long Live the King or look up Long Live the King on Facebook or get to monsterkidradio.net to follow the links. You got to get involved in this documentary. It's going to be a good one. Just hearing about what he has in mind, the things that he's already shot, the things that he's already uncovered and discovered. And I'm excited. I mean, we've got everything. We've got King Kong. We've got the remakes. We've got the Toho connection. We've got the impact worldwide, not just America, but worldwide about King Kong. Come on. Come on.
2: This is Jackie Ray Naaman Jones. I play Debbie in Monos, The Hands of Fate, and you're listening to Monster Kid Radio.
0: We received an email from one of our listeners. This is from Ryan. Ryan says, Hi, Derek. I've been listening to the podcast and really digging it. Found out about it through the B Movie Cast. At my job, I listen to podcasts all day, so it's great to have such a frequent show to add as much monster talk to my week as possible. I also really appreciate all the surf rock, as that is the other thing I'm a huge nerd for. In December, I picked up a piece of vinyl from a brand new creepy surf band, The Sinisters. I think they would be a perfect fit for your show. They really are going all in for that Monster Surf sound in the vein of the Ghastly Ones. Here's their website. They do have a bunch of YouTube videos. The website address is the-sinisters.blogspot.com. The record is on Necrotone Records, which was founded by the band Gein and the Grave Robbers. They would also fit the bill perfectly, but they have been inactive for some years now. And I do like how you spotlight current groups, half of which are new to me, so thanks. Keep up the great work and hope you can make it to Monster Bash. Okay, so Ryan, uh, first of all, thank you. I'm always on the lookout for new monster surf and surf rock and that kind of horror surf, instrumental surf. I I love it. I'm not somebody who knows a heck of a lot about it and that I am kind of a newer convert to this style of music, but I absolutely adore it. And I went and followed the link that you sent me that was at the-sinisters.blogspot.com. Checked it out. Went to their Facebook page and sent them a message to see if I could play some of their music here on the show. When it comes to the music we play here on the show, I like to get permission from all the bands to make sure that they're cool with being shared on Monster Kid Radio. In fact, if you go over to our website at monsterkidradio.net, One of the buttons across the top is for bands slash songs. Click on that, and that's going to give you a list of all the different bands that we featured here on the show, as well as links to their websites. It's important to me that they're on board and we got permission to do it, that sort of thing. If you go to their website and you buy their albums, if you have any correspondence with them, let them know that you heard about them here on Monster Kid Radio. I think they'd appreciate that as well. I hope to hear back from the Sinisters because I checked out some of their YouTube videos I love the song Doom Buggy. Pretty darn cool. I would love to play some of their music here on Monster Kid Radio in the future. I really appreciate you listening to the show, and I really appreciate the kind words, Ryan and... I love the B-Movie cast as well, and if everything works out, it looks like I'm going to be on that show again at the end of February, the final Sunday of February, where we're going to talk about the movie Argo Man, the Fantastic Superman, which is an Italian superhero, sexy comedy, fun as hell movie that I can't wait to talk to Vince and the gang about. In fact, that weekend, when we talk about Argo Man on the B-Movie cast, a couple of days later here on Monster Kid Radio, I have an interview with Roger Brown, the actor who played Argo Man, lined up. So I'm also super excited about that. Lots to be excited for here on Monster Kid Radio. To go back to the music thing real quick, if anybody out there is involved in a surf, rock, instrumental surf, horror surf kind of thing, and want to have your music featured here on Monster Kid Radio, drop me a line at monsterkidradio at gmail.com, which is the same email address that Ryan used to email us. The other way to leave feedback for us is by leaving us a voicemail we heard from Stephen D. Sullivan, who was a guest on the last episode a couple of days ago. He's got some points of clarification about his writing and Tournament of Death 3. Hi
2: Derek, this is Steve Sullivan calling in to say hi. Talk a a little bit about a couple of things that I, I missed on the latest episode. First of all, I want to apologize to the listeners because when the show aired, I did not have a really good link from my page onto the Tournament of Death site and hopefully that didn't screw anybody up, but if it did, there's a uh, much better links up now and you can uh, go there and back the project and everything will be cool. Second, I have a correction. I said that 35,000 words a day was a good average back when I was doing a lot of writing for Work for Hire, and and that, of course, is insane. I actually meant 3,500 words, which is a really good clip still. uh, I've done as many as 10,000 words or more in a day, occasionally, usually only at the very end of a project. But 3,500 words is a a good strong average, Uh, not something I have a little more stuff going on in my life. But anyway, I didn't want to confuse anyone or give anyone a heart attack about that. And uh, finally, I wanted to mention that this is the first time that Tournament of Death has been done during the Winter Olympic Games. The other two were during the Summer Olympic Games. Now, there should have been a Winter one in between those two, but during that time I had what I call the soul-killing day job for a little while, uh, just long enough to make me miss that Olympics. As a matter of fact, they fired me uh, not too long after that. But anyway, so I didn't write in the previous Winter Olympics. So this is going to be the first time we've done a, a Winter Games with Tournament of Death, so that should be fun too. Thanks again for having me on the podcast. I had a great time. I hope uh, people enjoyed it, even though I spent a lot of time laughing maniacally, I thought, listening to it. Uh, and I hope you'll have me back sometime soon. Hope all of you enjoy the tournament, and I'll see you on the other side. Take care.
0: What? You can't handle 35,000 words a day, Steve? I mean, come on. I'm, no, that's that's insane. You're absolutely right. <laughs> Holy crap. And now that I think about it, listening to you talk about Tournament of Death on other podcasts in the past and that sort of thing, there's no way it could have been the past two Winter Olympics. Because that means you've been doing Tournament of Death for 12 years, and that's not quite right. So I'm curious to see how the Winter Olympics influence you on Tournament of Death 3 versus the Summer Olympics previously i'm excited to see how that turns out i'm super excited about tournament of death three again go to stephendsullivan.com to find links to tournament of death three or look up tournament of death three in kickstarter if you want to be involved in this novel project i'm excited for it still i am just as excited as i was before and as we get closer to the Olympics, well, I'm excited for Tournament of 3 And I'm excited for curling, because I love curling in the Winter Olympics, like I told Steve. And like I told all of you in the last episode. And something else that I told everybody in the last episode is that once we hit 35 reviews in the iTunes store, I will announce what the big 50 review challenge is all about. When I first launched Monster Kid Radio, I had some small ideas. Ryan commented on the frequency of the show in the email he sent in. I wanted to have the show come out more than once a week. I wanted to have smaller shows versus longer shows because, you know, smaller shows are easier to digest. And I feel like I've hit some of these smaller goals. I've got the Live 365 channel set up. Haven't updated it in a while. And actually, I'm thinking I might start looking for somebody to help out with that. And I've had a chance to introduce movies locally, like when I introduced Christopher R. Mims' The Giant Spider here at the Joy Cinema. And, fingers crossed, I might have an opportunity to introduce another movie during the H.P. Lovecraft Film Festival in CthulhuCon, which is happening here in Portland, Oregon at the Hollywood Theater, April 11th, 12th, and 13th. In fact, why don't you head over to hplfilmfestival.com to learn more about that, or look them up on Facebook. And there's a Kickstarter campaign to get that festival off the ground as well. And, you know, if you're on Facebook, or if you're in contact with anybody over there, Let them know that you're looking forward to seeing me from Monster Kid Radio at the show. I'll tell you why later. Anyway, we've hit a lot of our smaller goals, and I really appreciate all the listeners for helping to make that happen. I also had some bigger goals, one of those being adding other shows to the mix. Now, I do have something in the works with another frequent guest of Monster Kid Radio that'll be happening down the line. It'll be kind of like a mini-series that we do over the course of several months, if not the bulk of a year, depending on how that works out. Still working out the details on that, but I also have a special monthly project that I want to get off the ground. And once we hit 50 honest reviews in the iTunes store, I'm going to launch a creature from the black Lagoon specific special show. It'll still be on the monster kid radio feed. So you'll still get it. If you subscribe to monster kid radio through iTunes or stitcher or any other podcast catcher, actually looking at Spreaker right now to maybe get involved with them as well. I don't have a name for the show, but I've got plenty of content already lined up. I'm excited to get this special Creature from the Black Lagoon-centric show off the ground. Don't know how long it'll be. Kind of depend on the content. I'm not going to put any rules or limitations on it, but I'm really excited to make that happen as well. And add that to your Monster Kid Radio experience. Thank you to everybody who's given us a review in the iTunes store so far. I really appreciate all Everybody's support and everybody's honest feedback about the podcast, whether it's in iTunes or on Stitcher or on the various message boards people visit. I mean, I still go to the Universal Monster Army or the Classic Horror Film Board, and I see people comment about Monster Kid Radio every once in a while. And I love that people are talking about what we're doing here because really – It's not just about what I'm doing. It's about what we are doing. Every guest that we've had on the show, and every one of you listeners. I've got some other guests lined up to come onto the show, new guests and returning guests later this year. Man, this is just an episode of excitement. I'm excited, and I'm so excited. I think we am going to play that song Sea Scorpion again from the Insect Surfers. Again, that appears on this episode of Monster Kid Radio with their permission. You can find out about the band over at InsectSurfers.com. I bought the album from Amazon, so you can buy it there. But if you go to their website, you can see their discography. You can get in contact with them. They have a Facebook page, so look them up there. If you like what you hear, let them know that Monster Kid Radio is how you found out about them. Do the same for any of the bands that you've heard here on the show. At the end of Steve's voicemail, he said he's looking forward to being on Monster Kid Radio again. Well, guess what? He is going to be on Monster Kid Radio again, either next week or the week after. Because a while back, he and I sat down and talked about the sequel to King Kong, Son of Kong, which has some of the returning cast, some of the returning crew, some incredible music again. Fantastic music and Baby Kong. I'm excited to talk about that with Steve next week or the week after on Monster Kid Radio. I keep saying the next week or the week after because I might have another guest for next week's episode. So I guess you're just going to have to follow along at MonsterKidRadio.net or the Facebook page. To find out what's happening next week. Or just keep it tuned in. Just stay subscribed to the show. It's probably the easiest thing to do. Monster Kid Radio is a registered service mark of Monster Kid Radio LLC. All original content of Monster Kid Radio by Monster Kid Radio LLC is licensed under a Creative Commons attribution at non-commercial. No derivatives 3.0 unported license. Of course, that doesn't apply to the audio from the video pitch for Long Live the King, The Legacy of Kong. Frank gave us permission to play that here on Monster Kid Radio and that doesn't apply to the song Sea Scorpion by Insect Farmers. That appears with their permission. Hope you dig it, and I'll talk to everybody next week.